Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ for our brothers and sisters who shared and led us to the throne of grace tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to lift you up and honor you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior and our Lord. You are our living hope, as Shauna has just said. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for <clears throat> another day that we have to live. We pray that you might help us tonight, that this will be beneficial for us <clears throat> as we study your word for eternity beyond this world. What we look at tonight from the Word of God, may it help us to help us to be ready and help us to prepare for eternity. And Lord, we thank you for the ministry of this church. We pray for Brother Tim and all of our students who are away at camp this week. <clears throat> we thank you for the decisions of many of our boys and girls last week, Brother Ken and Vacation Bible School. We thank you for the ministry and the work that's going on across this campus even tonight and every time we meet. We thank you for the faithfulness of your people to teach God's word and to come together so that we might worship and encourage one another. We pray for those who are, who are in sorrow tonight and who have lost loved ones. We pray for others who are sick. We ask that you would help us all, whatever our condition, to glorify you and to live according to the purpose you have for us in the days you give us. So now, Lord, we confess our sins to you. We cannot open your word with, it, with, with dirty hands and minds and filthy feet, so we come and we confess our sins in mind and thought, those things that we have done intentionally, the things we've not even realized that we've done. Forgive us of our sin so that we might now prepare to receive your word and to receive it humbly. We all need it. We need your word, no matter how much we know about your word, no matter how long we've been saved, no matter how long we've walked with you. We pray that you might help us to take these words just like food today and receive these words as spiritual food for our, for our spiritual lives, for the glory of God. So we thank you for this night. We thank you for the wonderful fellowship we have. What a joy it is to have fellowship and, and join together in looking at your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you. And we're glad that you're here. There, there are some outlines here. If you don't have them, we, uh, we have one for you tonight and you can pick that up. I hope you will. And that'll help you. Those of you who are joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We're glad to have you. And I'd like for you to find your place in the New Testament in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter three. So good to see you. And again, I'm as I prayed, I remind you of this tonight. Don't forget to pray for our students uh, who are away at camp. And, uh, uh, you know, we all know many of us have spent our days going to camp also at different times in our life. Well, life-changing decisions are made in camps, aren't they? You know, I think about being at uh, the camp that I was privileged to go to as a boy in Oklahoma called Falls Creek Baptist Assembly. Pat and I both went there. All the days we were growing up, that's a place where God called me to preach. And, and uh, you know, as a, I don't know, 14-year-old boy. And, um, and uh, so life-changing decisions uh, will be made in the lives of our students <clears throat> while they're away. And I'm grateful for uh, Brother Tim and his leadership and, and all they do. And, of course, all of our boys and girls 
last week, Vacation Bible School. Vacation Bible School, always a blessing. The seeds planted for the gospel. All right, tonight, tonight we're going to do uh, we're going to do some mind reading. Tonight you're going to read your mind. It's important for you to read your mind. And so tonight I want to talk to you about. I've been driving at this point on Sunday mornings, <clears throat> and so I've been talking to you about the importance of. Setting your mind on things above. I'm going to bring you now to the passage I keep quoting on Sunday mornings because I want to talk to you about a very practical matter that impacts all of our spiritual lives. It has to do with the way you think. It has to do with your mindset. It has to do with what you allow and permit. And I'm talking to you as a Christian because you have some say over this. Now, I'm not going to try to fuss tonight, but I am going to exhort you, okay? There's a difference between fussing at you and exhorting you. You have some control over what you think about. Sometimes when a fellow came to see me, a brother said, oh, I just can't control myself. Are you saved? Yes. Well, if you're saved, you can control yourself because the Holy Spirit of God gives you self-control. So stop it. Quit doing that. And he didn't come back and see me anymore, but I guess that was what he needed to hear from me. It's not time to feel sorry for yourself. Well, I'm just, I can't control myself. I'm just... I'm just like, you know, a bubble on the river floating down the... No, you have control as a believer and you have, some, you have some options in what you do. Well, this is what Paul's trying to get to here in Colossians. The background, Colossians, uh, the church at Colossae, Paul never knew these believers, but he wrote to them some of the foundational truths that are so essential to us in our Christian life. So back to my point, I've been talking to you about setting your mind on things above, as we're going to read tonight, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, your high priest. All right. This is about your mind. And so I want to talk to you tonight about heavenly mindedness. I've talked to you about this subject before. <clears throat> and I'm a naive preacher. I know you remember everything in all my years of being here. You've never forgotten one thing I've ever shared with you. I'm, I'm a naive preacher. Please don't come tell me you've forgotten. You know what? You remember it all. And I'm glad you do. But just in case you've had a lapse of memory or a loss of memory or forgotten, I want to come back and drive home to you this important truth. My senior adult friends who are here, you need this truth tonight. My young adult friends, you need this, these truths tonight. It affects every age of believer in this room. It affects all the people who are part of our church. When I sit as a pastor and talk with our people, the first thing that they do is begin to speak about things. You know what the Lord said about now? All this is introduction. It's important. I want you to hear me. I'm not rambling. The Lord said, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Someone sits with you and they start talking to you about their troubles. Well, they're telling you what they're thinking about. You can read minds <clears throat> if you'll be quiet and listen to what people talk about. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is, this is the Lord's essential principle for us. It's how we help each other. If I'm going to help you and you're going to help me, you have to let me tell you what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking determines my emotions, my desires, my will. It affects all the rest of my life. So this matter of <clears throat> heavenly mindedness is a great importance. It's what gives me 
usefulness in the world. My heavenly mindedness helps me to be of earthly usefulness to God. Paul says now, Colossians 3, 1, therefore he's drawing a conclusion. So let's go back up and see what he's been saying before he draws. Paul, we love Paul because he's, he makes his point and then he gives you a conclusion. We, we love Paul. This is why Paul's so much of a fav, favorite. Uh, if you died, let's just go back to chapter two, verse number 20. If you have died with Christ <clears throat> to the elementary principles of the world, that means you've been saved. <clears throat> Why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as, and then he starts talking about people who add things to their Christian life. In other words, it's Jesus plus doing, if you're really going to be spiritual, you you, oh, you love the Lord, but you do these other things. So he's attacking this danger of people who say, well, it's Jesus plus something <clears throat> in your life. Why do you uh, do such decrees as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? In other words, oh, there's some things now, you're, you're a Christian, so you can't, you can't do some of these things, which all refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandment and teachings of men. Why, in other words, why do you, again, go, if you are now dead with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why are you allowing the world's rules and ideas to influence you again? This is what he's trying to say. 23, these are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. His point is you can be religious like this, but it doesn't help you control your flesh and your desires and your lusts and your passions. This isn't how you deal with that. By being saved and then <clears throat> adding all of these religious <clears throat> ideas to it. And, there, and, and sadly, in Christian history, there have been great, terrible examples of what God's people have tried to do to themselves in order to purify themselves from their, from their passions and their lusts. And it's a sad story. It's a sad story. So therefore, 3-1, now let's go to what we're going to look at tonight. Therefore, if you, believer, I'm talking now to my friends who are here tonight, those of you who are joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We miss you. We're glad you can join us. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, notice first he said in verse 20 of chapter 2, if you died with Christ. Now he says, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you as a believer have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, second conclusion, consider, this is a mental word. He's saying, therefore, think about this, remember this. Consider the members of your body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked. That's the way we were before we were saved. We did this. 
we indulged in all of these wicked, godless ways. But now you also have put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. And then he goes on. Heavenly Father, bless now the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The battle for your mind is never will end while you live on this earth. There will be something that will come in your life that will seek to push you away from a faithfulness and a trust in God. There will be things that will come in your life that will push you to fear. There will be things that will come in your life that will tempt you to be angry. There will be things that will come in you have no control over the circumstances of your life, what God permits to pass through his hands into your life. Some of you have lived a long time. Never forget, you ought to get up every day and thank God if you've lived a long life. God has permitted that for a reason. And how are you glorifying God in your long life? If you're here and you're a younger person, you have no idea what the future holds. You don't live wondering about the future. You know who holds the future. You trust God. But every one of us, the battle is with our minds. This is what gives you victory in Christ. This is what gives you, this is what destroys you and keeps you from being what God wants you to be. How do I know it? Because I live just like you do. I put on my britches every day too. I have to deal with the same circumstances you do. I get the same kind of news you do. I live and have my family. Pat has to put up with me every day. You should pray for her. Every day you should pray for Pat. Lord, pray for this woman. Help her. We're all in it together. We walk in this world. We walk here to serve God. And your mind determines the condition of your soul. So the focal truth is this, that believers' heavenly mindedness destroys earthly mindedness. <clears throat> you can't have them both. You can't have a little, well, I'm going to think a little bit, I'm going to be, I'm going to be earthly, worldly minded, and I'm going to be heavenly minded. It never works. You can't blend these, it's oil and water. You, they never work. They never go together. You can't blend them. They're of two different, they're, they're two different elements. One is from God, one is from the world. One is, as James calls it, satanic, and one is from God. Wisdom that comes from above is not like wisdom from the world. I'm not saying it's not important to be educated. I've been through the same process. I'm grateful for every bit of education I have that came through the, through the world. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the disciplines of it. I'm thankful for education. But the philosophy of the world is beyond education. And it leads you to think in a certain way. The Word of God is challenging and pulling down. Listen to me. It's pulling down these strongholds in your life. What are strongholds? They're excuse, they're mental ways of thinking that keep you from following God and living the abundant life. And every believer in this room still battles with strongholds in your life. Some of them come from your family, because <clears throat> that's the way your family taught it, and that's the way you've always thought about it. Well, it's not biblical because your family thinks it's right. It's wisdom from either the world or it's wisdom from God. And the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ gives us the wisdom from above that comes down and blesses us. Your heavenly mindedness destroys your earthly mindedness. So I'll turn it around. Your earthly mindedness destroys your heavenly mindedness. <clears throat> now, do your inventory before I start. How much percentage of time, 
How much percentage of time on a regular basis do you set your mind intentionally on heavenly spiritual things? How much percentage do you spend there? And how much of your time do you spend thinking about the world and the things of this world? This is a very important question for you. Oh, Pastor Mike, I got a lot of things going on in my life. If I didn't have as many troubles, I could think about heaven more. <laughs> do you really believe that? Do you really believe if you had less trouble, you'd think about heaven more? No, you'd just simply fill it with more earthly thinking if you're trapped in that. I'm calling you, my friends, to do what I'm trying to do in my life every day. I'm seeking to live my life with heavenly mindedness. I'm seeking to follow this challenge of dear Paul the Apostle. So I'm going to give you some things that generally outline <clears throat> thinking about the mind and how your mind is working. Okay, I asked you the inventory question. I'm not asking you that to make you ashamed. I'm asking you that to challenge you because you have some say in how you spend your life thinking. You have say in what you fill your mind with. You have some say in how you control and discipline your thinking. And this is what I want us to get to tonight. So we'll do some survey work. First of all, before we get to Colossians 3, let me give you point number one. The believer's mind determines their spiritual condition. This is what I've been talking about here for a few moments. It's the same for all of us in this room. So I'm not praying like I should. Well, my mind has affected my lack of prayer. I'm not spending time in God's word like I used to. I'm not worshiping God. When I go to church and I'm, I'm in among God's people and, the, and, the, and, I, and we are blessed here, we are blessed here. Our people sing and they lead us and we, have just such, and we begin to sing, but you're not engaged. You know, you may know the words, you may sing the words, but there's nothing in your heart. There's nothing that's drawing you you seem to be empty. You seem to be um, spiritually dry. <clears throat> yes, why is that? Why is it there's not an abundance and a joy and a victory <clears throat> in your life? Why is there not a peace in your life when the greatest troubles and the worst news comes? <clears throat> well, it's because of what you're filling your mind with. <clears throat> Romans 8, 6. It's our classic statement. I spent time on this many, many, well, a year or so ago, more than that. We spent time in Romans talking about the importance of crucifying ourselves and our flesh. <clears throat> the mind set on the flesh is death, <clears throat> but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. What flows from my life when I set my mind on my fleshly desires, my protecting my flesh, loving myself, pampering myself, death. It kills me spiritually. It dries me up. The mindset, it's very important. This is mindset. This is a habitual way of thinking. And you, the only way, to, by the way, we're born into this world as sinners and we're taught, this is the way we think from, from birth. <clears throat> What's the mindset of the flesh? Well, when you have a little baby, what do they want when they are born? They want to eat. Everything's about them. The mindset of the flesh is death, and we have to break it, and the only way to break it is by the power of God being saved. But the mindset on the spirit, that's what happened when you 
received the Holy Spirit when you got saved. Look, life and peace. It's what people want. It's what the world wants. They want life and peace. They search for it in so many ways. They seek through the wisdom of this world to have life and peace. Romans 12, 2. We, we've looked at this in detail. Remember, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at this. Here's the good news. You can change the way you think. The Holy Spirit will help you change your mind and your thinking. You don't have to continue to think in those old patterns. You now have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God. And as you read the Word of God and you use the Word of God, listen, it starts to reshape your mind. This is why old Pastor Mike appeals without end. Pick up your Bible and read it. Pick up your Bible and consume it. You must eat these words. You must allow these words to penetrate your mind and have time or you cannot alter your thinking. A good sermon won't ever do it. You, look, we're going to leave here and you're going to say, well, that was really good. Let's go get some cornbread. And you're going to do something else. We're going to be done. We're going to go out of here. As much as preaching and teaching encourages us to do it, you have to go do this yourself. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. <clears throat> Renewal. <clears throat> when the batteries run down on all the children's toys, what do you got to do? You got to replace the batteries or you got to charge the battery. Renewal. Renewal is something we all, dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> one day in the world requires renewal from God by the Holy Spirit i got to be renewed and refreshed. I can't live off of yesterday. i got to live and walk with God daily. I must have renewal. And renewal comes in your mind. You see, if your mind is affected in the right way spiritually, it'll affect your affections and what your joys and your emotions. It's not the other way around. Well, I'll just get happy and then it'll change my mind. It never works that way. The power of your mind and the way God designed it. The saddest thing to me is to talk to some of our people who are completely paralyzed by unspiritual thinking and they're Christians and they know better. But they've adopted the world's way of thinking and they're wondering why they're so sad, why they're so miserable, why they're so unfruitful in their spiritual life. Well, number two, we go now to Colossians 3. Therefore, if you have been buried, excuse me, if you have been raised with Christ, if you're here tonight and you're saved, you died with Christ and you, this is a spiritual, this is what happened to you spiritually. You died to the old you. The old you is dead. I've said this to you many times in this church for many years. When you got saved, the old you died, but you still have the same name. But you're a new person in Christ. And now you're raised with Him. You're alive. You're spiritually alive if you have, or you can read it another way, since you have been raised with Christ. Are you listening to me? If you're a believer, since you've been raised with Christ. This is a fact in your life. I am now alive in Christ. You're now alive in Christ. Since you're raised up with Christ, notice 
the believer is alive in Christ with spiritual desires. All of a sudden, you desire things. You didn't, use, you didn't care anything about this when you were unsaved. Since you've been raised with Christ, you're alive now. You're alive again in Christ. You have, you're alive spiritually. Keep seeking the things above. Keep seeking the things above. So what does a believer seek? <clears throat> I'm convinced that these hard economic times are an opportunity. I'm convinced that these hard health times are an opportunity for God to break some bad thinking in His people. Somebody said to me the other day, well, it's just going to be so sad, you know. What will, what will these young children do? Will they ever be able to buy a house? I don't know. What is it you're seeking tonight? What is it you're seeking? When you wake up in the morning, what's on your list? Everything we do is tied to what we're seeking. Well, I'm going to move to this other house. I'm just, I'm tired of this one. <clears throat> what are you seeking? Well, I got to get this other job. Well, what are you seeking? Or sadly, as you hear from the world sometimes, well, I need a new wife or a new husband. What are you seeking? I need, I need more money. What are you seeking? I need new friends. What are you seeking? What are you seeking tonight? Every one of us are seeking things. If you have been raised with Christ, Paul's assuming something here. That because I am saved, I seek things that the world doesn't seek. Keep seeking. Did you see it there in verse 3, verse 1? Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. The Lord is talking about what we seek by prayer. He's talking about spiritual desires. I'm asking you tonight, what kind of condition are you in as a believer related to what, what are you seeking? You see, believers are united to Christ spiritually. Colossians 2.20, excuse me, Colossians 2.12. I put it on the paper, I didn't read it. But we've been buried with Christ in baptism which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him up from the dead. This is your identity. You've now been linked spiritually to Christ forever. You'll never not be linked to Christ if you're a believer, which is an astounding thought. Well, believers are uh, seek heavenly things, not earthly things. I've given you some examples here on your outline. They seek Christ as Lord of their life. What did the Lord say in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 6, 33. Remember, that's the section where the Lord's talking about worry. Everybody's worrying about everything. Everybody's worrying about everything. Boy, we got people in our church that are getting in their Sunday school classes, wringing their hands, worrying. We just worried about everything. The Lord said, don't worry about anything. Because it's the way you think that makes the difference. Don't worry, aren't you worried about that report you're going to have? Aren't you worried about that call you're going to get? Aren't you worried about those people? Aren't you worried about what are you going to do about all your, what about your house? What about, what about, don't worry about everything. Pray about everything. 
Your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask. Was the Lord just giving us ideas and happy thoughts, or is He trying to direct us as believers? Hand-wringing among the church. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, when I get saved, I change my want to. I change my desires. I change what I seek. I don't want to seek that, that other stuff anymore. It's not of any interest to me. I seek things that are now tied to the Lord Jesus. I seek righteousness as a way of life. I seek Christ, here it is, seated at the right hand of God. This is why I'm laboring to talk to you about the Lord Jesus as high priest. This is so important for us as, our, as believers. This is the fact of what's going on. He is seated at the right hand. Seek Christ seated in heaven. He's seated there. Go sit down with him. If he's seated, sit down with him. This Sunday, I'll talk about this in detail, which I don't want to do it tonight, but this seating of Christ in heaven is so important to us in our Christian life. And then they seek heaven as home. Hebrews 13, 14 says, For here we do not have a lasting city. Well, maybe I should For here in Dixon County. Here in Dixon County. I don't, it's not in Hebrews, but I'm just adding. That's where we are. For here in Dixon County, we do not have a lasting city. But we, believers, are seeking the city which is to come. How much of your time are you thinking about your itinerary and your travels toward heaven? We run for heaven. Hebrews, we lay aside the things that hold us back and we run our race. We're, are we running in a circle? We're running for heaven. We're running for heaven. This is not where we're going to be. We're running for heaven. We're saved to leave this place. The believer sets their mind on heavenly things, not earthly things. Verse 2, set your mind... It's the same phrase as he uses in Romans 8, 6. The mind set. He just, that's just reversed. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Spiritual mindedness is heavenly mindedness. It is the idea I've given to you on the outline. They set their mind on God's word. How do I, how do I think about things above? I have to have a guide, and here it is. This is it. This is it. It is you know, we, we were spending time in the book of Exodus. And you, the book of Exodus helps us with the glory of God and His majesty. And you can think about our great God above. You, it's, you set your mind on God's Word. You fix your mind on the glory of Jesus Christ in heaven and the majesty of God. I'm talking about that's happening right now. In the dual reality of life, there is this world here in time and space this earthly world with its heavens, and there is something above the heavens. There is a glorious place beyond time and space, eternal, where the Lord now is with all of His saints and the masses of angels and the glory of God in its majesty. Beyond our own comprehension, Paul saw glimpses of it and he could not even talk about it. But our minds are so caught and so earthbound. 
We're amazed at the Grand Canyon and the mountains in Colorado and around the world and the vast beauty of our world. And we think, how could anything be better than that? You got to pick up your Bible and read it. They fix their minds on the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and the majesty of God. They control their mind, not yielding to fleshly mindedness. You see, the mind focuses generally in one direction. If you're focusing on things above, you won't focus on things below. This is the point Paul's making. They discipline their mind. And I use these phrases important. Set your mind, fix your mind, control your mind, discipline your mind. Not to allow them, their minds to drift into wasteful thinking. The earthly mind focuses on what the flesh desires and what we've been trained to do from birth. The spiritual mind focuses on what the Spirit desires. When I get saved, the Holy Spirit puts new desires in me. As I said, when I get saved, my want-tos change. I want to do this rather than that. I want to do this rather than this. These things I used to think were so important are not important to me anymore. My mind is focused on the things of God, therefore these affections for these other things drops away quickly. The earthly mind is set on fleshly desires. Look at it, I'm under number three, letter E, Philippians 3.19. <clears throat> this is a description of those who were false teachers. Their end is destruction, but notice the description, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. <clears throat> That's a good description of people in the world. God is, their God is their belly. What's the point? Their appetites. Feed my appetites. And now we have technology that can just absolutely control people's minds. It truly can. You know that, don't you? You know technology can control your mind. So how much you give yourself to it, how much you allow your children to be submitted to it, it's mind control. God is their belly, the glory, their glory is their shame. That's not our glory. Our glory is the Lord Jesus Christ and holiness. And they mind earthly things. Well, I got to take, I got to keep thinking about all my stuff. What's going to happen? The earthly mind is set on physical needs, Matthew 6. 31, 32, do not worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. This is what the Lord said. That's all their focus is. The earthly mind is set on self-centeredness. What did John say? First John, the world is what? The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Because I'm the most important person. Again, I say to you, if you want to know how prideful people are, just go out on the internet and go and look at all the things people write about themselves. <laughs> Even if nobody reads it. Look at all the pictures they post of themselves. Some of them need some photography training, but it's whatever it is. We live in a world of selfishness and pride and arrogance. And when I get saved, I humble myself and say, Lord, I'm not the most important person anymore. You are. Whatever you want to do, whatever your will is, I submit to it because that's the joy of life in the surrender. The believer on earth is dead to the sinful life while hidden in heaven in Christ. Now, I want to say something to you. Did you know that you're here on the earth, but you're also in heaven right now? 
I'm trying to get you to think biblically here. You're united to Christ and Christ is in heaven. Where, where are you? You're also in heaven. This is in this. I'm not exaggerating when I say to you, prayer is going to heaven and talking to God through the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. When you pray, you go to heaven. When we worship God, we go to the throne of grace. We, we go to heaven. We join the glorious perfected saints in heaven around the throne while we're here on the earth because the Lord Jesus, through the Lord Jesus as our high priest, the veil has now been opened. He's in there. We've gone in. The anchor of hope is linked there. When you pray, you go to heaven and you talk with God in prayer. And you are there permanently already because Christ is there. This is the spiritual thinking that must take place, but you can't sit here and have me give you the idea and you never go home and think about this. I'm challenging you, think about what I'm talking about. Go home and set off some time and say, I need to think a little bit more deeply about verse 3 of Colossians 3. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You are dead. You are in Christ, raised in Him. You are united to Him, and now you're in heaven while you're still on the earth. So let me talk about that for a moment. The believer's dead to the old simple way of life. You're dead to it. You're dead to it. I'm dead to those old ways of thinking. I'm dead to those old emotions. I'm dead to those old desires. I'm dead to that old, all those things that I, my old ambitions, I'm dead to it. I'm dead to it. I am saved. I'm dead to it. And the believer is hidden in Christ by union. So I'll give you two verses from Paul. Paul elaborates on this. And someday soon, Lord willing, I need to talk about this to the church in some detail about what it means to be united to Christ. But for now, this is what I would give you. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All your spiritual blessings come from heaven in Christ. Second, the, notice that he links it in chapter 2, verse 6. You've been raised up with him when you got saved. <coughs> Wait a minute. And you've, been, and you've been seated. Christ is seated in heaven and you're seated there already. And you've been seated... He seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. When I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, in Dallas, a good friend of mine, you know, he was a Dallas Mavericks uh, basketball fan, and and we went to a number of games. One night he calls me and says, hey, you know, we're going to sit on the front row. Man, sitting on the front row at that NBA ball game. Another person called me one time about a, a, a person that I highly respected. He was a very famous preacher, well-known guy. just respected him very much as a young man. and He's now in heaven and got the call and some friends. We were able to go and sit down and have dinner with him. You're sitting with Christ in heaven. But I got my wringing of my hand. What will I do? What will I do? Oh, the world is falling apart. <laughs> what will I do? You're in heaven. You're seated in Christ. You're with Him. You're united to Him. Live as one who's on the earth, but you're already in heaven. 
The believer is united to Christ and always with Him. Philippians 3.21, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory. Look at this. This is what's coming. When we, we, go to, we die, our spirit goes to be with the Lord, but one day, hallelujah, our bodies will come out of the ground, resurrected, fully glorified bodies. This, this conformity will take place, and by the exertion of the power of God that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Oh, this is the glory that we're always united to Christ and one day it will be a marvelous thing. It will be beyond imagination when all the glorified saints who are in heaven have their glorified bodies and there is a new heaven and a new earth. We have a lot to look forward to. And the things of this world grow strangely dim. Listen. In the light of His glory and grace. When I think about the Lord Jesus in glory, this world becomes rather passe. So Paul concludes, verse 5, by the way, when Christ who is your life is revealed, verse 4, you'll be revealed with Him. That's what I was talking about, about that great day of glorification. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body dead. Now, we're going to leave this place and your flesh is going to rise up again and demand. You know what? Don't, no, I'm about, I, got, I got just a few minutes here. Stay with me. Don't shut me down yet. Your flesh is going to demand again tonight before you go to bed. Your flesh is going to demand. And what you do is going to be based on what you're thinking. Some of us are going to leave tonight and we're going to say, that was great to be up there and I needed to hear that. And we're going to go back, go right back to our patterns that take us back to old ways of thinking. If you do that, don't be sad that you're getting what you, you're getting what you do. If you feed your mind with the world, you'll get the results of it. Fear. Worry, anxiety, dead thinking, anger, emotions. This is why Paul says over here, <laughs> you have laid aside wrath and malice and slander and abusive speech from your mouth. You don't lie to one another. You've laid aside the old self with its evil practices. I don't do that anymore. Everybody else may do it, but I'm not going to do it. I close with the famous old uh, deacon's wife quote that, Pat and I uh, have heard and laughed about all of our ministry. First church we were ever in, we were just 20-something-year-old kids. And the deacon's wife said, you know, we were talking to her about something about people who gossip. I, I know it's shocking that people gossip in church. That's shocking, I know, to you. I know, you, I know it probably doesn't ever happen here. Or someone who gossips says, it's not really gossip, I'm just sharing a prayer request. Whatever you want to call it. And this dear lady said, this is the point about, I've laid aside my old ways and I don't do it. She said, when people come to tell me gossip, I always stop them and say, so why are you telling me this? That's really a good question. Because she said, I don't want to hear it. We've laid aside the old things of this earth because we're already in heaven.
We've spiritually ascended. And one day, the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them and so we will ever be with the Lord. You got a lot of heaven already in you while you're still on the earth. So may God help us to be heavenly minded people. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. Come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for my dear brothers and sisters who are here tonight. This is what we need. This is what I need. This is what I need. I need Paul's words tonight. If I've been raised again with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set my mind on things above, not on the things of this world. May there be a heavenly mindedness in the minds of all of my brothers and sisters tonight. Fill us with your spirit. Pull down the strongholds of fear and worry and anxiety and trouble and pain and anger and unforgiveness. And may we come and rise above them and put aside those things so that we might live for the glory of God all the days you give us until you either call us home by death or you come again. And we thank you for fellowship around your word. Bless our fellowship now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you. Say hello to somebody. Look around. Great group of you here. If you see somebody you don't know, say hello to them. Lord willing, see you Sunday. <clears throat> Stay in the air conditioner. Drink lots of water. Don't go outside when it's too hot. I sound like your mother now? It's like, okay, Mom, thank you. <laughs>